Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat. Grab your work boots and let's go. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, a platform dedicated to industrial professionals all around the world. You are bold, brave, you dare greatly, you solve problems, you collaborate, and you are making the world a better place in Milan. This is the number one industrial-related podcast in the universe, and it's all backed up by data. Ooh. Aren't you going to have a comment on that, man? That's, that's, there was, there was a, that was a lot dazzling. in one breath. That, that was, was dazzling. That was the fact it. that it you dazzling. didn't make a mistake is just a crazy yeah, See, there you go, man. That's and great. we're broadcasting from Hexagon Live here in Las Vegas. It is a great event. It is a spectacular event. It is a five-star review from my, my humble position to attend next year. So look forward to it and, and find out more. It's all out there. Please do. Milan, he is, he's, a, he's a legend. He's... Uh, leading an, uh, an effort called Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. Outside of the fact that it's hard to say all the time, but that's what uh, he's all about. Let's get cracking with the conversation. Sounds good. Yeah. I ran into him just out of the blue. Just out of the blue. I always kept on running into you. Which is pretty doggone cool. Well, uh, you can never miss Scott in the corridor, so that's how he works. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Loudmouth Scott running around. Is it good? Is it a good uh, conference for you? It's been pretty good. We, uh, you know, just for people who don't know, um, Sixth Sense is a program that helps bring startups to Hexagon. Uh, and I happen to be lucky. I have five of the cohort two startups sitting here. And one of them uh, called Gelsite has had the parade of people from Paolo, our CEO, yeah. and Burkhardt, our CTO. And so lots of interest for some of the startups that are sitting around. Hey, but... but can we get a, how come I'm talking to you and I'm not talking to them? I'm much nicer. I'm yeah, I'll get out of here. You're saying they're surly. <laughs> they're not surly. And in fact, I, uh, nanotechnology is the one that uh, you brought at uh, IMTS. That's right. In uh, interesting things, like all things in startup world, uh, they're going through transition, and I'm not sure whether they'll survive or not, but every company, you know, if it's a startup... What is it, a 90% chance that you might make it or, temp- you know, and then those kinds of things. So there's technology still super interesting. There have been a couple of other companies that pop up that do similar things. Uh, one out of Israel, they do it and they insert it into raw materials. So there's a, a oh. the idea that smart parts started is still super valid. Um, I hope they can uh, find a way forward and kind of get that stuff going. Um, well, I want them. The guy's a nice guy. Uh, well, the funny story is that uh, the guy you interviewed, Cody, yeah, uh, he now works for Hexagon. So, so you, you so it, I, we get all the nice guys. We get all the nice guys. It wasn't he, he just. It was a time for him to make a change, and uh, he had opportunity to join us, so he joined us. I just like saying nanotechnology. That's, that's right. That's right. Why wouldn't you want to say? Nanotechnology? Well, if you like nanotechnology, uh, the winner of cohort two uh-huh. is a company called Gelsite, and what they do is they have this uh, elastomeric gel that then has a camera behind it. So hold, 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 hold on, say that again now. Yes, no, you follow Elastom- it's a basically gel that's very pliable. Yeah. So, and they have the gel, and then they have a camera and uh, some lights on it. So basically they take a 3D image of the indentations in the gel, but they can measure something as, as small as 0.2 microns. So an example of that is take a, a part that is um, essentially... Uh, 
I'm sorry, my phone is ringing. And that's okay. It's yeah. not a problem because I want, yeah, and it's blinking at me. Exactly. So what it is is um, the, the gel essentially bends, it's, and it's as accurate as 0.2 microns, which means they can essentially, uh, like take a metal finish bar, something that was cut in a CNC machine, and you take this detector and you essentially take an image, you can actually see cutting pattern on the part. No can, oh yeah, yeah. They can do like skin measurement. They, oh. and, and it's most today, it's mostly used in rivet inspection, scratch and dent inspection, and those kinds of things. Uh, but they're now working on new things, which is uh, paint checks. Uh, they can do a surface roughness in one shot. So rather than using a little needle and then you scratch it yeah. along the part. They take one shot and they do surface roughness by doing that. Okay, see, this is how it always rolls. Give us a background, Milan, real quick into who you are, and then tell us about uh, Sixth Sense, and then we can start talking in a formal way the stuff that's taking place, that's because it. I'll just go right into this. Like, oh, that's cool, too. Well, thank you, Scott. So I'm Milan Kosick. I've been at Hexagon for a long time. doesn't matter how many years, because we'll just give away my years. Um, but I've probably spent 15 years in um, innovation. Uh, I have a couple dozen patent patents to my name, so I've built some products at Hexagon. But the last two years I spent essentially building a program that helps bring those kinds of startups that we just mentioned, both smart parts and gel site, um, and trying to kind of make one plus one equal three. Like they do stuff that we don't know, we do stuff that they don't know. Let's combine the knowledge and try to build something cooler and better uh, as a sum of both kind of parts. So with that, what... Um what are some of the exciting things? Give us an update on where we stand with Sixth Sense, what, what's going on, and, and how many cohorts have you had so far? So we just announced cohort three yesterday. So we are now, it's a good, you know, what a better place than industrial talk I to talk about the it. The number one industrial-related podcast there in the universe, go. backed up by data. So if you happen to be a startup in advanced manufacturing and you're listening to Scott, um, uh, we just announced a cohort three. Just go to the sixcents.hexagon.com website. Uh, and we have two challenges. One is around sustainability and green manufacturing, and the other one is about collaborative manufacturing, so the ability to share data and do can, those kinds of things. Um, the applications are open until early September, and we hope to run the cohort from 20th of September to December 6th, so basically in the later half of the year. When you, when you open up a cohort and you, and you define, <laughs> do you define the certain requirements do they differ from, let's say, two and one? Like, no, I mean, it's mostly different themes. So we try to yeah. encroach on, you know, last time it was digital reality and a couple other things. So, I mean, there, you know, there's not like 900 themes in advanced manufacturing. So we try to be a little less, because you can't be too narrow. If you're too narrow, like three companies will apply. Right, so we try right. to be rather broad in our approach. And we don't stick like 100%. Like, it's not like if you're not sustainability, then we don't pick you. If it's something that's interesting to us and it's maybe a little bit outside of the scope, we still uh, bring those companies in. So we don't necessarily limit it. Um, so anything that's exciting and cool and in between, technically Gelside didn't fit in cohort two, but we still recruited them. And then it ended up, they did an amazing job as a company to, to build what they were building. So when you're determining who will be part of the cohort, one, how do you make that determination? You guys have a, a, a body of individuals that are sort of bantering back and forth, or what, what is it? Correct. We have, a, we have a criteria. We probably have, a, let's say, about a dozen people from the business unit, so people who develop products uh, and some business people. Um, what we do is actually, on average, for every cohort, we get about 100 applications, so 100 companies apply. Then my team cuts it down to about 20. 
and then we take those 20 and then we present those 20 to the 12 people who are deciding and with a task to cut it down to about 12 to 15. Um, this year we might try a different format rather than doing a pitch day like we did in the past where they all come and pitch because it takes a long time. We might just in individually interview every company and then make a decision with the same committee as to what we're going to do and how many companies. Usually we cut it down to about seven or eight companies for the actual cohort. But essentially the whole body within manufacturing intelligence tends to participate in picking things and uh, allows us to make sure that we're picking the right stuff because if I'm something that I think may be cool, rest of the business unit might not think so, so it doesn't really. So we do you know, talk about it and figure out what's the best for the business. Is there an opportunity to fit it into some sort of a thing? What's the benefit for a company that says, yes, I'm interested in doing that. Yes, I, I go through the whole process and yes, I'm selected uh, to be a part of the uh, cohort. What, what, what benefits does that bring for me? Um, um, my experience with a lot of startups, to be honest with you, is, uh, especially in our stage in advanced manufacturing, is that it seems that a lot of them, um, what they've been able to make a business, they maybe lack some skills in pitching, uh, honing uh, a message of what they actually do. Um, and then they also lack connections to companies like Hexagon or Hexagon's customers. So if they get chosen for the program, those are the kind of things we tend to do. We look at their tech, we see how it fits, we look at their business uh, process, how does it fit, and then we look at their pitches and try to hone them to make it even better than they were uh, before. And what we hope is that exposure, there's a company here called Augmenteer, they do uh, workforce optimization. And um, they were just talking to me and were thanking me for being here, primarily because they were able to just walk around and meet all kinds of people. They met a bunch of customers, which then translates into opportunities which is, there's no other way than like Hex Live doesn't, could provide something else. They, it would take so much more effort and so much more work for them to get an equal exposure to what they do other than basically working with Hexagon or sitting at Hexagon Live, what happens. Does a company have to have some type of revenue to participate? Yeah, typical profile of a company is uh, post-seed, seed A, seed A plus. So we like to have something that's in a half a million to million plus range as a revenue because they need to be somewhat self-sustainable um, because as of yet, as of today, Hexagon does not provide minority investments into companies uh, as part of the Sixth Sense program. And um, the idea there is that they have a relatively good product market fit, which makes my job easier, which means that I know where I can fit them into, in, in order to kind of create one plus one equal three. In our first cohort, Smart Parts was an early stage and they needed funding, which we couldn't provide, which potentially, you know, risk some of the issues that they ran into. So those are the kind of issues that we realize that we cannot necessarily provide help. So if you're like a super early stage and you need funding, six cents right now may not be the best option for you. So those are the kind of, deviate, you know, the selections that we try to do. Why is, why is Hexagon so invested in promoting this? What, 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 what does Hexagon get out of it outside of the fact that there's you, you get to engage with some smart oh. people with some brilliant ideas and see how that fits. Well, besides making me look cool. Um, outside of, outside of that. Hell of a jacket. Right exactly. Um, I think the, the, the biggest issue is um, you have to look at where does the inspiration for innovation come from. And um, if you look at the broader scope of things is while we are a very innovative company and do things, the real breakthrough innovation usually comes from the outside. You know, the, the, these guys that we're... Yeah. So if you look at Gelsite, an example, as an example, 
it's two guys out of MIT that have now spent eight years building these devices. They're super hyper-focused just on that thing. You know, they don't have to do 16 other, stu- other things. And when you have the dedication to your innovation, usually you get there faster than we would otherwise get. And, but they lack resources, exposure yeah. to customers, yeah. other things that typical startup runs in. So for us, it's a, I, I see it or we see it as a mutually beneficial relationship. It's kind of, you know, we benefit from learning from them. They benefit from getting additional exposure from us. I mean, even like this, like this podcast, yeah. I mentioned a yeah. bunch of companies, they get the name out and yeah. life goes on from there. From cohort one, um, what were some of the successes that have happened as a result of that? Um, I think cohort one was a learning experience yeah. is the best way to put it. One of the companies uh, is the one of the winners, which was Rico which is that they do a scanning of factories and do factory planning and do automatic segmentation. They're still working hard. They had a partnership at NVIDIA. Uh, we're trying to fill out some of the stuff because Hexagon is a little bit more interested in getting in factory planning space, so we're going to reconnect. But they've been a great advocate for our program because they felt like they learned a lot and you know, benefited from what we were doing. Um, Premo, which was one of the AI companies, uh, they actually got sold uh, to another startup called Stream Systems. And then, as I said, smart parts is kind of in between. We have another company from cohort one called iFlow, which is working with us on a couple of automotive projects. So everybody's still hanging out, but I would say cohort one was definitely a, a learning experience yeah. for us. So we, I would say that outcomes are less tangible, but it was a good experience for everybody involved, the best I can tell from, uh, from what we got as a feedback. See, and, and I... I I'm all. I'm very much in support of what you guys are doing, just because. And I know that uh, maybe you could have been done better or whatever mm-hmm. it is, but it doesn't matter. You moved forward. You put. You moved that ball forward, and uh, and I think, personally, in the world of innovation, in the world of what we live in today, I think you're absolutely correct that that a smaller company tends to be more nimble, more focused on on whatever that solution might be, versus maybe something big. But the value of that, that innovative thinking is, is, it could be just amazing. Well, it's, you, you know, you know, I always say it's, it's always really hard for people to walk into a room and to say, I don't know, right? You know, yeah. Because you, you know, somehow it reflects on you and everything else. I think working with startups makes you realize you don't know a lot of things uh, because you get to work with super smart people who think of things that you could have never thought of in, in your life. And not only can they think of those things, they also have dedication and passion to implement it. And usually they're not distracted. You know, it's a small company, 10, 20 people. They typically don't think about, you know, other things that are happening in a company because there's not enough room for yeah, that, for yeah. politics and other things. They'd have to think about money, obviously. So they're all either raising all the time or trying to make money. But the pressure and the lack of resources, in my opinion makes you do extraordinary things, right? If you don't have enough, oh. you tend to do amazing things. Yeah, you yeah. do. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a painful process, but you're absolutely right. It brings about some interesting fruit. So cohort two, what type of success stories can you share with us? So cohort two, uh, we talked about gel sites. So mm-hmm. gel sites in the middle of working with us to produce a product that we would release in uh, hopefully in Q1 of next year. Uh, which is an attachment of their sensor to a portable arm. Um, the second one we can probably talk about a little bit more is a company called Augmenteer for the workforce optimization. And they actually uh, have uh, a relationship with ETQ. 
and have sold their joint product to, I think, two or three customers. Don't quote me on this, but uh, several customers uh, joint, and they're thinking about uh, additional amount of opportunities for Augmenteer and ETQ. So a couple of basic examples of some stuff that's resulted into, you know, things that are making money for the companies themselves. It's a gel site, S-I-G-H-T. Exactly. Yeah, I was trying to look at that. I'm on the website, so I'm looking at it as we speak, real time. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. They do some, so the cool thing about Gelsite, forget about just um, ability to detect. They also can build end factors for robots that can basically tell you the difference between different grades of sandpaper. So you can just pick it up and sort it automatically because they feel oh, the, no the grade. <laughs> so, so they do. I was so wondering we, where you're going with that. Well, there's another dog one. Gone cool. When we finish, you should jump on and find a TED talk about gel site because what they also can tell, what the robots can do is they can detect the edge or the you know, corner edge. Yeah. So they have this UR robot, two UR robots, they're folding a towel. No. So, so there's a lot of, this technology is really, really cool for many, many different things. So. Oh, God, but to your point, you know, that's Scott, pretty cool, man. you know, we were talking like, these are the stuff you find when you go out there and you, you know, you know throw a hook you and you hope to. you catch something, so... See, it's just, it's, every time I talk to you, I always realize, man, I just don't know what I don't know. And, 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 and it's like, yeah, wow, a robot can do it. I can't even do it. Fold up, dog. You, you want to get your mind blown? Yeah, I do want it now. Gelsite yeah. told us, and this is a fact, you know how, many, you know how much, many touch inspectors there are in the world? What I mean by that, you know how many paint, usually paint and finish, you know how it gets inspected in most plants? No. Somebody with a finger and goes like touches. No the way. There's three million touch inspectors in the world, and so what you have is, <laughs> and how do you repeat? So what you have is you have somebody who over 30 years built an experience of what it feels that something is right and something right. is wrong. That person retires. Who's going to replace them? So you have to build tools that are able to replicate those kinds of things. So, I didn't know that. I didn't yes. know. See, I didn't know there were touch inspectors. Well, same as remember with smart parts, we learned that half a million aircraft parts are fake, so, which was a scary fact. Yeah, you know, yes. now, you, now you learn there's three million inspectors that touch So things. these touch inspectors are yeah, not playing the guitar. Exactly. And getting the, you know, the no, none of that center. stuff. <laughs> All right, got to wrap it up, my friend. How do they get a hold of you? What? You need to give me that link. Which one? The one to cohort three. So Well, let's uh, do this. I'll tell you. Go to sixthsense.hexagon.com, and about halfway down the page, it says cohort three, and check it out. There it is. I like that. I'm still going to get that, la- that, that link, and I'm still going to put it out on Industrial Talk, because Industrial Talk has the best podcast. <laughs> you were absolutely wonderful. I was looking forward to it. I was so excited seeing you, man. I was like, there he is. Love talking to you, man. Yeah, Thank it's you. It's all good. All right, we're going to have all the contact information for Melania. He's out there. He's the dude. Hexagon. All right, put the Hexagon uh, live on your, your bucket list for next year. It was, it's a great, great event. Get meet people like Milan and others. Oh, it's awesome. All right, we're going to wrap it up on the other side. Stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. How about that conversation? Another great chat with Milan. Sixth Sense. Love what they're doing over there. You got to check them out. Go out to Industrial Talk. All the contact, all the links, everything that you need to connect with Milan to understand what they're doing at Sixth Sense. Exceptional. Nothing short of exceptional. Now, Hexagon Live, when we were there, 
innovation was everywhere. Innovation, technology, how to use that to truly help the world and companies succeed. It, it is just a phenomenal event. Now, outside of the fact that it was over, I don't think I'm exaggerating, five football fields, but nonetheless, excellent, excellent uh, event. Put that on your calendar. Make that a priority for next year. If you're, if you're a user of Hexagon, you need to be there. If you are contemplating using technology to better your organization, you need to be there. If you're just sort of just searching to try to g- gain greater understanding, you need to be there. Put that out there on your calendar for next year. Put that in your budget most definitely. All right. Be bold. Be brave. Dare greatly. We say that all the time. Hang out with people like Milan, and you will be changing the world. We're going to have another great conversation coming from Hexagon Live shortly, so stay tuned.